Hello, friends, and welcome to the Mr. Maxwell podcast. So I recently did a post on TikTok about GPS devices and kind of like, well, just going to kind of recap the post and then I'll kind of go from there, I guess. So, you know, a GPS device, you know, you choose your destination, you tell it where you want to go and the best GPS devices will give you two or three suggestions for ways that you could get there if you want to get there quickly, if you want to avoid tolls, you know, all those things. And you choose the route you want. And then and only then does the GPS begin to give you directions and guidance on how to get there. And if you veer off track, if you make an unplanned stop, it doesn't technically yell at you. I mean, it does recalculate your route and it gives you directions on how to get back to the route you're going to. And but ultimately, at the end of the day, it is your choice if you want to reach that destination. At any time, you can just stop the program and it will stop giving you directions. And I was thinking about how as a teacher... I would love to be like that. I would love for my students' education experience to feel more like that, where it's less about me telling them what their destination should be and more about them choosing what their destination should be and I am simply doing my part to help them to get there. But for them to know at all times that they are technically the ones in control here. They can choose to follow my directions or not. That really is up to them. And it was interesting to see the response or responses within that post from different, from different people who saw that, saw it. Some were focused very much on the GPS analogy. They gave their experience with GPS devices, their the moments when they felt the GPS was yelling at them when really unless you have some sort of a particular voice programmed to it, a GPS doesn't yell at you. And it got me thinking, why would someone feel like a GPS device is yelling at them? And it started making me think about our like what my childhood was like and what it was like when I received correction. And my parents weren't yellers. They didn't ever really actually yell at me. They might be upset with me, definitely, angry with me, absolutely. But they weren't really big on yelling. And so my perception of what, when someone's yelling at me has more to do with intent than volume. But if you as a child, if your childhood experience was you messing up, was you being yelled at, then any sort of correction, no matter how polite, is going to feel like yelling because there is almost a a trauma response, if you will, to that GPS saying recalculate, take a U-turn. The fact that anyone is giving directions to you at that time could feel stressful if you did not have positive examples of redirection in your own childhood. I don't know, it was just kind of a thought that I had when I was trying to think about how people respond to that. Um, And then some people just hated the fact that GPS would try to redirect them. 
And I think that also has to do with that sense of agency as a child growing up. If the only people giving you directions were rude teachers who didn't care about who you really were, your journey, or maybe overly controlling parents, a GPS trying to recalculate for you would feel like that. It would just feel like another authoritarian voice breaking in and trying to control you. And I could definitely see how that would be very stressful. Um, I have a hard time with being told no. Now, okay, I say that. Um, Let me clarify. Not no in terms to someone else's consent. That's what I'm talking about. But like what I can and cannot do for myself. Like if I want to do... If I want to go climb a building and someone says, no, Sam, you can't do that, I immediately have an emotional response to that. I get so upset. I probably need to work through those emotions and figure out why, but it's just an example. So when a piece of technology tells me I can't do something, I'm immediately angry. And that's something I need to work through Um, because, you know, because I can't do what I want to do for myself and I'm not bothering anybody, so I should be allowed to do it. Um, kind of got off on a tangent there. Um, anyway, other people's commented that this concept should apply beyond education. Cause you know, I was just thinking of my own experience, my role, what I do as a teacher, but some people commented this mindset should be what employers should do in the workplace, find out the direction their employees want to go with the company and their coaching and guidance should be to help them achieve those goals. I had a therapist who expounded amazingly on this and she talked about that's exactly what she currently does with her clients. I kind of wish she was my therapist. Um, And that, you know, she tries to determine the direction the client wants to take the conversation, what their goals are. And then her job is to do nothing but come alongside and guide and the second they want to change direction she pivots with them and I think that's absolutely amazing and many people wisely pointed out that this is also something that parents should be doing and as a father of three I realized that's so true I mean am I asking myself am I asking my children you know who are they where do they want to go in life and as they go through the process of discovering who they are, am I supportive, am I an ally by their side to give them whatever support and guidance and resources I can, I'm able to give them to help them become their vision of themselves, their vision of who they are, not my vision for them. Because I will admit, I have been guilty of putting my vision on my children of who I want them to be, of who I think they should be. And I've really had to work on that and admit that to them even sometimes and say, look, sometimes I am just thinking about what I think you should be. And I've had to really step back and honor the person that my children are and give them within reason the freedom to be and pursue who they are. I say within reason because obviously when they're toddlers and their desire is to run in a straight line, that straight line is going to take them into traffic. I'm not going to let them do that, of course. You know, if they want to drink caffeine at 8 o'clock at night, 
as developing children, I'm not going to let them do that, right? There are there are limits to that, but those are ob- those are obvious things, things that put them in danger, right? Not I'm not talking about things like, oh, don't wear that shirt just because I don't like it. No, it's not a good reason. Anyway, um, so that's just kind of what I've been musing lately is just that concept of the GPS and obviously all analogies break down, right? I mean, I can't literally allow my students to go anywhere they want to go. Unfortunately, there are some things that I know that they don't. But again, I guess that does go back to the GPS analogy still applies because the role of the GPS, especially the best ones that have access to traffic reports and things like that, if a bridge collapses along your route, it might say, hey, we have to go this way. And you might not want to go that route. It might feel like you're going in the opposite direction of where you want to go. And you can technically stubbornly continue on in your direction, but you're going to end up driving off that broken bridge. Likewise, as teachers, as parents, as therapists, as leaders, and any other role I haven't thought of, there are going to be times where we are aware of a danger that the person we are guiding is not aware of, and they are going to not like the direction we recommend they take. And I think in those moments, you almost kind of have to take that cue of the GPS device, unless they are putting themselves like, you know, their life is at risk or they're going to end up severely broken. Or you know, I'm not talking about those extremes, but we can explain what we see. We can tell them what we're worried about. But even then, we kind of have to let them make that mistake within reason. I think that giving, especially as a teacher and a parent, now I don't know, you know, in the realm of therapy, I'm not a therapist. I can't speak to that. Um, and in the realm of business, I mean, I've been a leader in businesses and there are some mistakes I can allow my team to make. And there are some, I just, I can't really let that happen because of how it would harm the business. So that kind of breaks down, but definitely as a parent and as a teacher, I try to give my students and my children opportunities to fail safely. And what I mean by failing safely is, for example, my children receive an allowance for snacks. So my wife and I looked at our food budget and we realized, hey, we spent a decent amount of money on snacks. What if we just give that money to the children and let them manage it? If they choose to spend it wisely, they'll have snacks for the whole month. If they spend it on other things, then they're not going to have money for snacks. They can't take anyone else's snacks. So that's what I mean by, by failing safely. My children get to learn how to manage money and how to plan And if they spend it all, they're not going to go without their needs being met, right? So they've they've failed, but in a way that's safe. Their lives aren't in danger. They're not going to starve. They're not going to go without the necessities of life. But their wants are going to be kind of limited. On the flip side, those that manage their resources well can, will discover that they can do even more. And so that success will encourage them to do better. And same thing as a teacher, you know, like giving my students opportunities to fail in classroom assignments, you know, maybe not high stake assignments, you know, that end up on the report card, but well, even then that is ultimately their choice. But in the beginning, you know, basic in-class assignments, you know, giving them that opportunity to fail and not 
not saying that there isn't support, but I'm there to support them, I'm there to guide them, but if they refuse to accept my help, to let them experience that failure in a safe way, meaning it's not a high stakes test, it's not an exam, it's just somewhere they can see, oh, I tried it my way, it didn't work, okay, now let me try Mr. Maxwell's way. Because the other reason for that is, what if they do succeed? And that has happened, where I've said, hey, to my children or to my students, I recommend this course of action, but ultimately it's your choice, and they come up with a different idea and they are successful. And those are wonderful opportunities as a teacher and as a parent to say, wow, I I was wrong. I did not think that would work, but obviously it did. I'm very proud of you for taking the initiative to pursue your own direction. That's so amazing. That's so exceptional. Um, you know, keep it up. And they, are, they have that ability to grow in confidence and they also grow in that sense of autonomy. They don't feel like all their power has been taken from them. I truly believe that children should be given as much autonomy and power as is safe for them to have. Because ultimately as adults, if you grow up not having a sense of autonomy, when things go wrong, it is very hard for you to feel like you can take ownership of your problems. If you've never been taught how, if you've never been given an arena where you felt safe to tackle your problems, safe to fail and it not be the end of the world. And I think that's so critical because as adults, the stakes are so much higher and it's so much harder to recover from those mistakes and to know when to take a managed risk, to know when it's, and anyway, I'm kind of losing my words here, but hopefully that makes sense. Anyway, so that was my ramble today about GPS devices and how it relates to teaching and I guess also parenting in a few other areas. I'd love to know what you think. Um, as always, I can be found on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter at Mr. Underscore Maxwell 16. I would love to hear from you. I'd love it if you'd reach out or just make your own post in response to this and tag me in it. Um, I'd love to keep this conversation going. All right, friends, it's time for your next adventure. I'll miss you. Cheers. Thank you, friends, for listening to the Mr. Maxwell Podcast. If you'd like to see what else I am up to, you can find me on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram, all at Mr. Underscore Maxwell 16. Please, I'd love to hear from you. Um, let me know what you think of the podcast. Let me, think of, let me know if there are any other things you'd like me to talk about. All right, friends, hope you have a wonderful day.